Okay, so welcome to Viking Tech Talks. I'm Jim Lake. I'm here with Sean Kramer. Uh, we're going to be talking over some of your technical services questions. We get about, I don't know, Sean, what, 300 or so a week, sometimes on a good week. Yeah, yeah, right around 300 is correct. And uh, about 100 emails or so. So we've basically, asked, I asked Sean to, to uh, check out his, his, uh, his list of questions and pick out his, his favorites or the ones that kind of come in most often. Um, so this first session here that we're going to talk about this uh, we'll, we'll just go over some generic sprinkler questions uh, that we get and you, you know they, they sound they sound pretty basic at some point but they get a little more uh, interesting a little more difficult I guess as, as time goes on so we'll see how Sean does with with some of these uh, first of all um, Sean glass bulb sprinklers they have uh, they have different colors so what's the reason for this I mean I see them in red and and black and green and yellow and so what's the what's the reason for the different colors the different colors are for the identification so that you can look at the sprinkler and you can know what temperature it is just by looking at it without having to read the temperature that's stamped onto the deflector itself so for example if you're standing on the floor looking up at the ceiling and you see a red bulb sprinkler that automatically tells you that it's a 155 degree temperature rated sprinkler now this will still be stamped on the deflector of the sprinkler itself, but this is an easy way to identify it without having to get up near the ceiling and see the stamping on the deflector. Okay, so wait a second though. What if my fluid's gone clear? I mean, sometimes we wind up with, in, in, I, you've seen pictures and people ask questions about, wait a minute, I've lost, I've lost color in the fluid. Is that, is that bad? Well, it's not necessarily good, but it doesn't necessarily affect the operation of the sprinkler itself. So the key to the operation of the sprinkler is the fluid inside the bulb and the size of the bubble that's inside there. If you look at a ordinary temperature classification, which would be your lower temperatures, the bubble is going to be smaller than if you're looking at a high temperature classification because as the fire heats up the sprinkler, the bubble starts to absorb the heat and the fluid will start to expand in the bulb and eventually shatter the glass bulb and operate the sprinkler. So if it turns clear, you're not able to look up at it and identify it, but on the other hand, we also still do have that temperature rating stamped on the deflector itself. Okay. A couple things that could cause this would be exposure to uh, UV rays, so installing it uh, near a window where the sun's coming in a lot and that can cause it to turn clear. And another common one that we see would be in colder temperatures and freezer applications. And these can really throw people off in certain situations because what happens is it turns clear because it gets so cold in the area that it's no longer a soluble mixture where the dye is mixing in with the fluid inside the glass ball. Okay. So it's clear inside the cooler freezer right. and then it gets uninstalled and gets into a heated area and then all of a sudden the color comes back into the bulb itself. So that can happen when you have an environment like that where it's a cooler freezer area and it gets too cold to be able to uh, sustain a soluble mixture. Okay, so talking about the bulb and talking about the, 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 uh, uh, the bubble inside and all of that, what, what constitutes a, a, a fast response sprinkler? If I'm looking at this glass bulb now, what and how do I can I determine uh, from just looking at the glass bulb whether this is a fast response sprinkler or uh, or it's a fast response bulb or a, sometimes you know we we listen to that plus quick response we hear quick re, quick response so 
Let's start off with what's the difference between fast response and quick response. Then we can kind of get into maybe how it's how it's identified, how easily we can identify it. So first, let's start with that one. Let's start with fast response and quick response and the difference between the two. Okay. Um, going into that, uh, Viking offers two and a half millimeter and three millimeter bulbs. Those are going to be fast response bulbs that you're looking at. So you can see them in residential sprinklers. You can see them in... Uh, um, fast response and quick response sprinklers, but just because it has that thinner bulb in it doesn't necessarily make it a quick response sprinkler. NFPA 13 defines a quick response sprinkler as a sprinkler with a fast response element that's listed or approved as quick response. So one of the common questions we get is people looking for a quick response residential sprinkler, mm -hmm. but that doesn't exist because UL 1626 is your standard for testing residential sprinklers and UL 199 for commercial sprinklers. Well, UL 199 has testing criteria to determine whether it's a quick response or a standard response sprinkler mm -hmm. by passing certain tests. Well, with a residential sprinkler, they're always going to use that fast response element inside them. However, it's not part of the testing standard of UL 1626 for a quick response sprinkler. So there's no such thing as a quick response residential sprinkler. Right. That, that, that's for commercial sprinklers and based upon the testing. All, all residentials are, are, are quick response. So, but is there, any, is there ever a time, aside from that, if we just take a look at the commercial side of things, maybe focus on something like maybe extended coverage sprinklers, is there ever a time where you've got a, a sprinkler that has the small bulb that has the three millimeter bulb in it, so it looks like a like it's a quick response sprinkler, but in fact, its listing is doesn't have a it doesn't have a quick response listing. It, it uses a fast response link, but it, but it's not a quick response listed sprinkler. Is there any time where that occurs? Yeah, that actually can occur in quite a few different situations. Uh, two of the common situations where you might see it would be one where you have different coverage areas. So for an extended coverage sprinkler, in certain instances at a 14 by 14 coverage area, the exact same sprinkler might be listed as quick response in that 14 by 14, but once you get up into a 20 by 20 coverage area, mm -hmm. it might be listed as standard response. So even though the sprinkler hasn't changed, it's based upon the way that it was tested and listed. In this case, 14 by 14 gets the quick response listing, 20 by 20 has the standard response listing. Mm -hmm. Another uh, type of sprinkler that we can see that with, that you'll, you'll commonly see the same sprinkler have a standard response and a quick response listing, would be some of our commercial concealed sprinklers. Mm -hmm. Whereas per the UL listing, it's listed as quick response, but based upon the FM approval, FM recognizes concealed sprinklers as standard response sprinklers. Mm -hmm. So you still have the same sprinkler and based upon the different uh, approvals and listings for it, you can see one has it as quick response and the other one has it as standard response. And it, that becomes really important when you're selecting sprinklers, especially if we're you know designing in accordance with NFPA 13, where if you've got a light hazard occupancy, it needs to have the quick response listing. So you got to be careful on your spacings and understanding how how that all impacts the the design of the system as it goes into a like an office building or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, Jim. Uh, when when it's a light hazard uh, for new installations, you're going to require a quick response listing for mm -hmm. it. 
Also, another one would be when you're uh, looking at taking a reduction to your design area. Mm -hmm. uh, using a quick response sprinkler with a certain ceiling height, mm -hmm. you're able to reduce down the remote area that you're calculating for by using a quick response sprinkler in certain situations over a standard okay. response sprinkler. Good. Uh, okay, so uh, switching gears then uh, in this one, there's a, there's a small gap between the ceiling and the concealed sprinkler cover. Now, given some of the, some of the uh, ways we look at the environment of the building, um, green buildings and things like that where we've got gaps here. Is, is this okay or is this a gap that, I mean, some people would want to seal it because of the, you know, the environmental clean building, green building kind of approach. Uh, but that's not really the best thing to do here, right? Or we shouldn't really be doing that at all, actually, right? Sealing around our, our, our concealed sprinklers. Yeah, outside of uh, our clean room cover plate, which has a gasket that we specifically tested with the sprinkler for it, mm -hmm. that, that's a different situation. But outside of that, your standard cover plate has a 1 8 inch gap. And that's so that when the heat of the fire gets up to the sprinkler, it actually goes in between that space and travels up to heat up the sprinkler to activate it. There's also holes in the back of the cover adapter so that the heat can flow through to help activate the cover of the sprinkler as well as the sprinkler right, itself. That's gotta fall off first, right? In a, in a concealed sprinkler. Right. Right, okay. So, all right, so now you touched on something there that um, the clean sprinkler, a clean room sprinkler, now that has a gasket around it. So, what do you, it, it, it is sealed in a clean room, why is that? Well, with the clean room cover plate, it, it's, it's not an airtight seal by any means, mm -hmm. but what it does is that uh, rubber gasket that goes around and covers up that one eighth inch gap, it helps to prevent any dust from the plenum above getting down into the room area below. So clean room application, hence why it's called the clean room sprinkler in that situation. So any type of environment where you would wanna keep the area clean and prevent anything from the plenum above getting down into uh, the area below, the clean room cover plate would be a possible option for that. Okay, all right. Um, let's let's take a look at concealed sprinklers a little further. The Viking, we got technical data sheets that state that concealed sprinklers can only be installed in negative or neutral plenums. Uh, why can they be installed? Why can't they be installed, right? Or in positive pressure plenums is a question from a Maybe I'm reading that one wrong. The technical data uh, sheets state that concealed sprinklers can only be installed in negative or neutral plenums. Why can they not be installed in positive pressure plenums? There's the question. <laughs> so when we, when we take a look at that, if, if you think the, the area above where the concealed sprinkler is installed, if you have greater pressure up in the plenum area than you do down in the room below, and it's forcing air down through that concealed sprinkler, as we had discussed earlier, we have the holes in the cover adapter, and then we also have that one eighth inch gap for the uh, cover itself. Mm -hmm. So if you have air being pushed down through that, well, when a, a fire were to happen, it's going to push that heat away from the sprinkler and delay the activation of the sprinkler, or in certain situations, this, well, I don't wanna say that. You don't want to go any further with that one in certain, certain situations. Yeah. Sometimes you geek out a little bit yeah. on this one. That's that's fine. That's fine. That's a that's an engineer's challenge. Uh, 
But the let, uh, all right. So let's let's uh, let's move on into another special environment, the MRI room. Uh, we you know we've had people ask that they have an MRI room where they need to have sprinklers. It's got a, it's part of a hospital, it's part of a building uh, that's required to have sprinklers. Do you know? Does Viking offer anything that can be installed in that environment, and what is it that makes it so special? Well, with the Viking MRI sprinkler currently offered with the VK462 sprinkler, the 5.6K factor concealed, we've tested it in up to a three Tesla environment to make sure that the magnetic pole from the MRI machine when it's running is not going to be detrimental to the sprinkler itself and the sprinkler will be able to uh, operate in the event of a fire if needed and not uh, get damaged by the operation of the MRI or possibly even pulled into the MRI machine. Well, yeah, so it's not just damaging the sprinkler, it's damaging the people and machinery in the space itself. Yes, yes, So exactly. Yeah, so it's two things we're worried about there. So, um, is there, um, so next question then, is, is there air pressure uh, we're talking about dry barrel sprinklers now. Um, is is there air pressure used in in the barrel of the dry barrel sprinklers to hold back the water? Is that is that what holds it back from the uh, from the water uh, from the piping where the water is located in the branch line? You're dropping it down. Is that air pressure? Well, that is a common question that we get. A lot of uh, customers think that there is nitrogen or compressed air inside the dry sprinkler holding the water back until the sprinkler operates. Mm -hmm. But it's actually a mechanical seal inside the sprinkler that's holding back the water. So what happens when the sprinkler operates, that seal moves out of the waterway and it allows the water to come through into the sprinkler and strike the deflector and create your spray pattern. So it's a mechanical seal, there's no compressed air or compressed nitrogen in there that's hmm. holding that seal. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, uh, interesting one here. The, the uh, it, what is what does the VK followed by three or four numbers mean by sprinklers? Now, this you know this is going to go back to answering just about every other. You know, it's kind of covering all these other questions. Is when you when you say you can find information on the deflector, or you can find information on the data sheet, but. It all centers around this, doesn't it? The, this, this VK number that we see on the sprinkler. So what is that? That would be the sprinkler identification number. Mm -hmm. So years ago, there was only a few different types of sprinklers out there, and it was kind of easy to identify them by the ways that were done uh, with the thread size and pintle screws that were used in that type of situation. Mm -hmm. So if you had a half inch thread and it did not have a pintle screw, so the pintle screw was flush with the deflector, it wasn't mm -hmm. protruding out, that told you it was a 5.6K factor. Yeah. If you had a three quarter inch thread and the same thing, the pintle screw was flush with the deflector, it told you it was an 8K sprinkler. Mm -hmm. And then if the pintle screw was coming out of a half inch thread, it told you it was less than a 5.6K factor. Uh, which more than likely would have been a 4.2K factor at mm -hmm. the time. And with a three-quarter inch thread, if the pintle screw was protruding out, it would tell you that it was greater than an 8K factor in most cases, which at the time, 11.2K factor was the largest right. that you typically saw sprinklers, you know, being manufactured sure. for the K factors. Sure. Well, then we started coming out with 14K factors, 16.8K factors, and now even today we see much larger K factors than that. Mm -hmm. So in 2001, 
it was required that a sprinkler identification number, a SIN number, mm -hmm. is put on the, the sprinkler by the manufacturer right. to help identify certain specific characteristics of the sprinkler mm -hmm. because now it wasn't as easy as just using the thread size and a pintle screw to be able to identify yeah. it. So basically, we, we, we stamp, uh, as a manufacturer, we stamp those numbers on the, on the deflector of the sprinkler. You really don't need any other information on the sprinkler at all at that point, right? I mean, just knowing what the VK number is, you can find out anything you really need to know about that sprinkler, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the VK number as well as the, the thread size. Thread size so yeah. in certain instances, you might see the same SIN number, but it might have a half inch thread or a three quarter oh, inch okay. thread mm -hmm. in, in certain cases. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, the SIN number will tell you everything you need to know about the sprinkler by going to the technical data sheet and looking at that. Okay, so one final question then about our uh, general question then. Uh, the maximum and minimum spacing for the standard coverage sprinklers uh, that we offer here at Viking. What are, what's that? What's the maximum minimum spacing? For standard coverage sprinklers, when you look at it, uh, if you go into NFPA 13, it's gonna be based upon the occupancy classification that mm -hmm. we're looking at. Mm -hmm. So you can have the same sprinkler that could be spaced up to 15 by 15 feet, 225 square feet in a light hazard occupancy, but then if you go into an ordinary hazard occupancy with the same sprinkler, you could still go 15 feet in between them, but you now have a maximum coverage area of 130 square feet. Okay. So even though it's the same sprinkler, it can have different spacing requirements based upon the occupancy classification that it's being used in. Excellent, thanks, Sean. The, all of this has been uh, the, the kind of generic, this, this session uh, has been about generic sprinkler questions that we get at our technical services um, uh, technical services lines. Uh, you can reach us at text uh, serve. What what is that? E what is that email address, Sean? It's techsvcs at vikingcorp.com. So you can email us any of your questions that you have, and we we will certainly uh, uh, do our best to answer them in a really timely manner actually we do we do an excellent job here of getting getting your questions answered so that's our first uh pod ep podcast episode here viking tech talks um look forward for more as we get in as we delve into different subjects uh on the products of viking thanks mm -hmm.